Welcome to an, another episode of the Ninja on the Ball podcast, where we are on the ball with the people that know. Um, usually, we'll be bringing you special guests with unique insight, but I thought, you know, since we're coming to the end of the year, that I'll do a special episode on the top five coaching books that I have read in 2020. Um, as you know, you should know, you know, <laughs> um, you know, my name is Deji Osini. I am a coach, scout, and of course, I am the podcast host for Nigerianable Podcast. Um, so here, so without further ado, let me get straight into my um, list. So the first book um, I'm going to recommend is called Mensch. Uh, Mensch is uh, a German word meaning teacher. I think uh, that's what the book says. Uh, Mensch is written by Jonathan Hardin. Um, Mensch is, um, you know, it's, it, for me, it's one of the best books that I've, re I've read this year. Um, as most of you know, Germany has some of the youngest coaches in the whole of Europe or even the world, you know, and they're all coaching in the top division. You know, some people will say, oh, you know, 30 is too young for a manager, 35 is too young for a manager. Some people even say 45 is too young for a manager. They prefer the manager to be 50-something. Um, but Germany, they're proving, they're proving people wrong, you know. Um, German coaches, everybody knows about Julian Nagelsmann. You know, he's such an excellent coach. Of course, once again, he has qualified his team for the knockout stage of uh, the Champions League. Um, people know about uh, Schalke's boss, Domenico Tedesco, 32 years old. Um, you know, there is uh, the coach of Augsburg is 38, Werder Bremen's coach is 35, uh, Mainz's coach is also 38, you know, um, and all, all of these in the top division. And then when you compare it with other leagues, you know, England has no coach that is younger than 40 years. In fact, now that uh, Eddie Howe has been sacked, uh, they don't have any coach, I think, younger than 45. So you can see the difference, you know. And for me, this is very important because obviously being a young coach myself, you know, seeing other young coaches being able to achieve regardless of their age is something that's so important to me. So how do they do it? They do it because in the book, it talks about, you know, having a mindset and understanding, um, you know, uh, organizing yourself in a way that means that age does not stop you from achieving. So for one, it talks about the education of the coaches, you know, the coaches, uh, you know, they have guidance. They have a, you know, a, a pathway that has been set for them by the German, um, by the German Football Association, so that coaches who are talented are able to progress without any barriers. So, you know, just reading that book, you know, it also, you know, it also shows examples of the key attributes that the top modern German coaches all have, or they all embrace. And some of these things are something, some things that are very simple, like communication skills, you know. A lot of these German coaches, they speak multiple languages. You know, a lot of us, we only speak one language, but these German coaches, uh, you know, they will speak their German perfect. They'll go to Spain, they'll speak Spanish. They'll go to France, they'll speak French. You know, they'll go to England, they'll be speaking English. You know, it's, it's such a, you know, it's such an interesting, you know, thing to learn from. And also, is, is, uh, one thing they touched on as well is the psychology. A lot of these younger coaches, they understand the psychology of the players. They understand what motivates the players. They understand what is going on in the mind of these players so they can get the best out of them. I would really recommend this book for anybody listening. So, 
The next book in the line uh, that I'm going to recommend is called Legacy. Legacy is a book by James Kerr. Now, this book is not actually a football book. It's a sports book. And this book was written about the New Zealand rugby team, who are also nicknamed the All Blacks. The All Blacks are the most successful rugby team in the whole world, in history. Um, you know, they consistently win tournaments. They consistently win the Rugby World Cup. They, you know, they have dominated for a very, very long time. So people were thinking, what is it about this rugby team that makes them so successful, you know? Because New Zealand is not the richest country in the world. They don't have the best coaches in the world. What is it that, that makes their team so special? So this book went into detail about how it is the culture. The culture that they have created and developed over time is what has made, that has separated this team. And the reason why, you know, this is such an important book for me is because so often we hear about the importance of culture in football and in football teams and how coaches can create environments or how coaches bring in a certain culture into a team. For example, um, Atletico, Madrid, Atletico Madrid, everybody talks about how a hardworking team they are. Why? Because their manager created that environment. He's the one that installed that culture of hard work. Everybody, I, there's a video that I love so much. Um, it's the video where Atletico Madrid, they, they are playing Champions League match and they lose the ball. And as soon as they lose the ball, um, the whole team, the whole team chases back to win that ball. And when I say chase back, I mean full sprint. You see these players using all their energy to chase that ball down. And you just think to yourself, what did the manager tell them? What has the manager put in their mind for not one, two, or three players, but for the whole team to behave in such a way, for them to, for them to, you know, to accept this message? And it's culture. It's culture. The, the managers create this culture and the players buy into the culture. When they see that other players are buying into the culture and they see that this, the culture is bringing success, all of the team, they buy into it. So this book is about the culture of the All Blacks, the New Zealand rugby team. And one of the, you know, there's quite a few things that I love so much about this book. One of the key quotes from the book that everybody always talks about is, sweep the sheds. Now, what does that statement mean? Sweep the sheds, um, it's, a, it's a phrase that they use uh, in the New Zealand rugby team. And that means that sweeping the sheds is referring to cleaning the dressing room. And some people may think cleaning the dressing room, what does that even mean? You know, what, what does cleaning the dressing room have to do with sports? Cleaning the dressing room is a sign of humility. It's a sign that you're not too big to do the small things. And if a player is humble enough to, to, to do this, then that means that that player, you know, is not going to have an ego when you ask them to do bigger things. Sometimes you may ask your star player to play a smaller role in order for the team to succeed. And you see, these are the things that build on the culture you know, sweeping the sheds, you know, New Zealand players, they will have a match and the players will still, they will clean the dressing room. At the top level, everybody knows that the majority of these teams, they have cleaners, they have people that are designated to do that job. But this team will actually clean the dressing room to show that they, are, they have an appreciation and also to show a level of respect and humility. And you see, that is culture. And, you know, these are the things that I learned from this book. So, you know, as a coach, you know, um, if you are trying to build a team, you have to be aware of the type of culture that you are bringing in your team. 
you have to be aware of the type of messages that you are sending to your players because you know it is from the top down you know the, the message starts from the top what the what the manager is allowing what the manager is um showing you know if the manager is showing up late you know these the, you know the players are going to replicate that so you have to be aware of the culture that you're building within your team so fantastic book again i'll recommend it to anybody legacy by james kerr now book number three so the third book um again is a book that is not directly uh, football related um but it is football related it's american football <laughs> so um the book is called the score takes care of itself um and it is by bill walsh bill walsh is one of the most successful coaches in the american football league the nfl the national football league in america um and the score takes care of itself is all about philosophy you know as you can hear from the statement the score takes care of itself what the book is about is that if your philosophy is solid and you continuously adapt it your coaching philosophy your playing philosophy is solid and you continuously adapt it and you continuously continuously build on it then the score will take care of itself um you know a good example i can give you is uh, um guardiola guardiola strongly believes in his philosophy you know for for where he was at barcelona that tiki-taka style he never broke away from it because he believed that it would bring him success and, and it did you know if you continuously adapt your style you continuously build on your style you know you continuously built on it as a coach eventually his team became so dominant all his players bought into the idea of that philosophy and eventually the score took care of itself you know everybody always knew it was a matter of time before barcelona beat you now he has taken the same mindset to um to to uh, um, man city you know man city play positional football um and you know there he's he, he again he's very strong on his ideas you know he doesn't stray away from his philosophy and he has again brought him success um, so it's just about coaches buying into their own philosophy and recognizing that your philosophy is something that needs to change over time it is something that you must build on um the way you, you you know the way you you coach your players the way you 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 uh designate your team to play um and you know the one thing that he always said he always kept the core of the philosophy the same so let me give an example right so um uh, jogan klopp jogan klopp everybody knows that he plays a very high pressing style of football you know his teams they press very high his striker will be, you know, running, chasing after the defender. His midfielders will be pressing up. His defenders will also move up. Um, and even the goalkeeper, you know, will, will bring the ball forward. So, you know, these, um, this is something that he's known for. But as time has gone on, he has, he has changed his philosophy a little bit. But one thing that has remained is the hard work. One thing that we always say about Liverpool is that they work so hard. Um, so he has changed the philosophy, but he has kept the core, the core value of hard work the same. And that is what this book, The Score Takes Care of Itself, is about. It's about recognizing, you know, your, your role as a leader and as a manager and how your philosophy um, impacts on the type of success that you can have. Um, and some of the key quotes that I love so much from the book, you know, um, he talked about, um, you know, he talked about things like, um, you know, 
preparation and how preparation is so pivotal to success and how um you know he said that one one thing i loved in fact there's a quote that i even have written down he says your enthusiasm is contagious and essential to teaching you know one of the things you know i always try to assess different managers and you know for anybody that has seen jorgen club i remember when jorgen club first arrived in england people was like ah why is look at this manager he's a novice you know he clearly he doesn't know what he's doing um you know he's come from a foreign country he doesn't know anything you know what trophies has even won you know um look at him hugging players what what type of manager is hugging players managers should keep their distance you know it's not the manager da, da, da. all of this different stuff well now you know we can see that his enthusiasm towards the players is one thing that all his players always speak about in interviews. They say that they love the fact that, you know, you can see that he is so enthusiastic and so committed to Liverpool that they, the players they also buy that energy. You know, the energy that he has, it carries over to the players. So, you know, these are the things that, you know, in terms of your coaching philosophy, in terms of your style of, you know, your your, your actual style of play philosophy you know these are the things that you know the book just talks about so um that's why you know i love this book and i would recommend it bill walsh the score takes care of itself so now we're down to the final two books so um book number two on the list is making the ball roll by ray power um for a lot of people, I know a lot of people who are active on social media, they'll know that Ray Power is a very notable coach, a very experienced coach. Um, he also runs coaching courses. He has worked for a few Premier League clubs. Um, I think, you know, he has a number of coaching licenses. You know, he's a very, very top coach. Um, he has written a book called Making the Ball Roll, a complete guide to youth football for aspiring soccer coaches. Now, I've read this book before, but, you know, Every time I read this book, I just feel like it just offers so much quality. Now, this book covers so many different topics. It covers um, developing players. It covers research into um, psychology of players. It covers, you know, age-appropriate methods and sessions. Um, and it also talks about lessons that he has learned and even has quotes um, from some of the top managers in, 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 in football that, you know, Ray Power has, has researched and has put into the book. For example, there's quotes in the book from Mourinho, from Guardiola, from Ferguson, from Wenger, you know, where Wenger is talking about the need to, to, to develop technical players, you know, um, Ray Power has, you know, put that in the book, all of this different stuff. Um, and, you know, where Mourinho is talking about the importance of detail in, in, in developing your training sessions. And also in the book, what I love the most is the examples. The examples, you know, a lot of us coaches, we're always wondering to ourselves, um, what does a, co a coaching session for a Premier League team or a Premier League academy look like? In the book, he has examples of um, the training sessions. He has examples of the plans um so many different things um he also talks about um what premier league academies look for in players um he also talks about um all these different things how they measure success um some of their targets how they develop the players um, the curriculum he, uh, one thing i love the most you know is the examples like i said um he has 
a, a curriculum. For example, in the academy in England where he was working at West Brom, um, he, had, he gave an example of a six weeks or a six months uh, curriculum that the players are going to do um, in terms of coaching. So for six months, this is the plan. Um, this is how, how long we train for. This is how long we're going to focus on this particular subject. For example, they might focus on shooting. They might focus on um, overload, uh, you know, having more players than your opposition in one area. Or they might focus on pressing the opposition um, for maybe two weeks or so. And, you know, you, you just talked about how they're going to break down that subject, that particular, um, that particular subject. Um, and I just loved it because, you know, it gives you an insight, you know, you know, we always wonder because, you know, these are not things that they always share with people, you know, clubs don't always share this information. So to have somebody who has worked at that level, be so open and put it into a book. It's a really good book. I, I've read it multiple times. I just keep reading it, you know, because every time I read it, I learn something new. So the book I'm recommending, number two, is Making the Ball Roll by Ray Power. Now, book number one on the list we have got to book number one so book number one is inverting the pyramid the history of football tactics by jonathan wilson um as most of you may know or most people anyway that follow football jonathan wilson is one of the top football um writers uh in football in you know in the football world everybody knows his name you know he's a very big very big he's always involved you know when you see them talking about football on tv he's one of the names that you always see um he also writes and one of the books that he's written he's done his research into the history of football tactics um he in this book he covers you know a wide array of history um from the initial types of tactics that football managers were playing where they were playing you know they would have like you know uh, some some teams will play like uh, six strikers or something up front <laughs> um, into modern day tactics you know um, how things have evolved you know from uh, you know um, playing how you know maybe you know in the in early in in the 90s in 1990 to 2000 how you know most majority of teams were playing 442 442 was the most popular tactic worldwide and then suddenly uh, mid 2000 Guardiola came and you know uh, all of the teams started to replicate 4-3-3 and now you know um, modern day you know teams are playing 3-4-3 and you know just throughout the book he talks about different tactics you know 5-3-2, 4-5-1, you know 4-4-1-1 you know all these different tactics you know and and it's just important to to learn as a coach the history because you know one of the key lessons that I've learned um from football recently is that we copy and we um, update or we revise. So for example, you know, everybody knows that one of Guardiola's key mentors is, has been Johan Cruyff. You know, Johan Cruyff is his big inspiration, is his mentor. Johan Cruyff was playing 3-4-3 in 1990 when everybody else was playing 4-4-2, uh, sorry. Um, and now uh, Guardiola has brought it back and everybody is, you know, everybody's so surprised. They're like, oh my God, it's a new tactic. We love it so much. Da, da, da. But you see, these are the things that you learn from, from the past. When you look into the past, you see some of the tactics that they use. Like, for example, some teams 
were already playing with goalkeepers, uh, with uh, you know, with um, goalkeepers that play the ball in the you know in the nineties, eighties, and seventies. They had goalkeepers who used to play with the ball at their feet. But now, you know, people are behaving as if that thing is brand new because they don't know the history. And this is where the history comes in. You know, as a coach, you might read this book, you might see something in the book and you'll think to yourself, hmm, this is something that I can replicate and, you know, something that can work in the modern day. And because, you know, people aren't so aware of, you know, people, I think a lot of the time um, we, we all copy what is um, in front of us, you know. I think majority of managers nowadays play 4-3-3 not because it's the strongest tactic or it's the best tactic, but because everybody else is playing it and it is the one that everybody recognizes and everybody understands. Um, so that's why sometimes it's, it's, it's important to go back in history and just to learn, um, you know, just to learn different things, to see, you know, how the lessons of the past can be reused in the future. Um, you know, in the book, it also talked about some of the teams, you know, in the, you know, you know, recently people have, you know, in the past 10 years, pressing has become popular again. But if you go back to the 60s and 70s, in the, in the book, it was talking about how, you know, um, pressing was a popular tactic then. But then in the 80s and 90s, pressing died off. You know, people, it wasn't something that was popular anymore. Managers were not replicating it. But then suddenly in 2000, pressing appeared to take the forefront again. So, you know, these, these are just important lessons. I just love the book so much, you know. I, personally, I love football. So, you know, just to read football history, especially now that it's based around tactics. Um, and there's so much there to learn, you know, um, to get a better understanding of where do these tactics originate? How were they, you know, where was the idea that they were created? And maybe even where are we, what direction are we moving to in the future? So, you know, again, I'll recommend this book, um, Inverting the Pyramid by Jonathan Wilson. So guys, um, I hope you enjoyed my top five books that I have read this year. Um, and I, you know, I hope you, 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 um, you go out and learn as much as possible. You know, coaches, um, the top ways that we can learn as coaches is, um, you know, by going on courses, by, of course, by practicing our craft and, you know, by reading books and reading studies and research and just reading, you know, learning, 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 you know, there's so much to learn out there so that we can separate ourselves so that we can build ourselves so that we can be different. And so again, just to go through my top five list at number five, it was Mensch. Mensch is by Jonathan Harding. Number four, um, on my list was uh, Legacy by James Kerr. Number three on my list is The Score Takes Care of Itself by Bill Walsh. Number two, Making the Ball Roll by Ray Power. And number one, Inverting the Pyramid by Jonathan Wilson. All right. Um, once again, guys, thank you for listening. This has been the Nigerian Ball Podcast, where we are on the ball with the people that know. Thank you for listening.